So I guess, I'm guessing you don't know what I'm going to say right now, but um, my middle name is Andrew. So this is a feast day for me. So my tradition on major feast days that I celebrate is to always uh, offer to anyone who wants it Culver's ice cream, or I should say custard. So after Mass, please remind me, and I'll make Culver's run. Uh, because I think it's so important that we celebrate uh, the apostles, we celebrate the saints we have a devotion to. And I love the story of St. Andrew, uh, just knowing that he was the one who, who, who followed John the Baptist, who pointed to another. And then when he, when he found that other, everything began to change. His direction in life began to change. And it all also began with an interruption from the Lord. So Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. And him walking on the seashore, again, that's always a symbol of indecisiveness. He's standing on sand. That means he's calling them to come to solid ground. They're in the water, which can be thrown around in all sorts of different ways. But the first thing to know is that he saw them. We live in a culture where a lot of people simply struggle with one thing. They don't feel seen. So many times when we do things as a group, we forget about the importance of the individual. And people feel passed over. And as he sees them... He calls them. He interrupts exactly what they're doing. And he says, come after me and I will make you fishers of men. The word of God is the bait. His gaze is what captivates their hearts. Because when he spoke, no one spoke like Jesus. Just like when Jesus speaks to you, no one speaks like him. But it says, at once they left their nets and followed him. That's something that all of us have to do. The more we are called to follow Jesus is to drop our nets to not look back. And there's a temptation to hold on and live in fear, but there's an invitation to let go and live in faith. So Jesus interrupts their daily work schedule. And I really want you to think about those who have been the blessed interrupters of your life. Like none of us are here on our own whim or our own will. It was somebody who interrupted our lives for positive or negative reasons but encourage us to follow Jesus somehow. And we should lift them up in prayer. Because just to think about that for a second, where would you be without the people who were the Andrews of your life, right? Andrew introduced Peter to Jesus. I don't even want to even think about where I would be. I know I'd probably be left alone a lot. I'd probably be skipping mass a lot. I wouldn't care about the sacraments. I wouldn't know that Jesus is truly present in his word, but also in the Holy Eucharist. But as Jesus picks up Peter and and Andrew, he wants to get more. He walks along the shore from there, and then he saw two others. And again, as he sees them, he sees you. And that's one thing that, that, that perpetual gaze of Jesus to come to him and follow him. And just don't ask questions, but say, I will follow you. Because again, No one speaks like Jesus and no one gazes upon you the way Jesus does. But the thing is, when we expect others to be Jesus, which in a certain sense they can, but only Jesus can be Jesus, the way that he speaks to them, the way he gazes upon them is unlike any other. And they're in a boat, right? They're in a place of comfort. They're with their dad. And they might be thinking like, are we going to be able to to do this, dad? Are we going to be able to do this? But I always like that scene from The Chosen of the joy of Zebedee, right? He's so excited for his sons to go follow Jesus. 
And I think that's one thing we have to remember is our joy of following Jesus will excite others to do the same. Right now we're, we're praying and we're begging the Lord to give us 16 more people to say yes to come to the seat conference. But that means now we're called to put on Christ. We're called to be Christ to others and call out to them and actually interrupt them. Jesus often is shown as walking into other people's lives and interrupting everything they're doing and calling them. Is it convenient? Absolutely not. Is it worth it? Absolutely. All of them immediately left their boats. And some, as James and John did, they left their dad and followed Jesus. Where were they going? They didn't even know yet. But again, the way Jesus looked at them was so compelling. The way he spoke to them, no one else spoke to them like that. So I just want you just to think for a second of the people who have invited you to follow Jesus and just to thank and praise God for them. But that means as Jesus called them to be fishers of men, then we're called to do the same. This is not some story that's just bound up 2,000 years ago. It's meant to be just for us. So in this gospel, we should be imagining ourselves as I'm walking on the shores of a campus, who am I being called to invite in a deeper relationship with Jesus? Who am I called after I go to adoration, receive his loving gaze? Who am I being called to just gaze upon people with the loving eyes, the loving heart of Jesus? And is it convenient? Again, absolutely not. Is it worth it? Absolutely. The Lord places names on our hearts to go follow and interrupt. But then we have the choice of free will to either interrupt them or to live in fear, to live in faith or live in fear. But then when we, when we, when we experience it ourselves, there should be a jubilee, there should be a celebration welling up in our heart that we actually get things like Culver's, we get ice cream, we celebrate these days. And also the Lord calls through this gospel, it's one of the, the hooks for men to be called to be as priests. And God knows we need more. And he's calling many men from our campus. He's, if he can call me, I always say he can call anyone. And as we enter into this mass, I want to really encourage you to pray for more men in our community to say yes to the call. Anyone who's seriously discerning a vocation is being attacked. And the temptation can be to hold on to those nets of fear, nets of shame. And then what our prayers do is they help the men let go and let God. Towards the end of St. Andrew's life, as we learn, he was crucified in the form of an X. Because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified on a cross that the Lord was crucified on. We also know his brother Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy. And isn't that how most of us feel sometimes when the Lord calls us, I'm not worthy of this. None of us are worthy, but it is Christ who makes us worthy. We even pray at Mass in the second Eucharistic prayer. For you have found us worthy. That means he finds us worth it.
every single person we invite into a deeper relationship, we do because we find them worth it, but first of all, because he finds us worth it. And as I lift up the Holy Eucharist today, I really want to encourage you to ask the Lord for names or to send him names and say, Lord, convict my heart so I'm not afraid to to interrupt other people's lives. We have to think of the long term. Where do we want them to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Not just at seek, but the rest of their lives. And we're we're going to be on that place of indecision on that shoreline often, but we have to remember who we're calling them to, but also who we're calling them to be. So we take a moment of silence and we pause. We thank and praise God for all those who have called us into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. One of the best ways of thanking people back is doing the same for others. So many people are just simply afraid. Fear tends to rise in the heart with so many people. But what does Jesus tell us so often in the sacred scriptures? Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. St. Andrew, pray for us.